Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Hello, gogglers, and I'm sorry to inform you that I'm calling in from the Adelaide Fringe. I'm not sorry that I'm in Adelaide, but I am sorry that it means that there will not be a goggle this week. Unfortunately for you, there will be a goggle next week. But in the meantime, why don't you have a listen to Catharsis, Tiff Stevenson's podcast from the Bugleverse, which has featured some excellent guests, including Sarah Pascoe, Alison Spittle, Dane Baptiste, Josh Gondelman, Alfie Brown, Rialina, and uh, me, yours truly. Truly yours. Next week's guest will be of particular interest to Bugle listeners, so subscribe to Catharsis now in preparation for that. For now, please enjoy my chat with Tiff from earlier in the series. Yes, this is a cross-podcast experience, so you have something to put in your ears for now. Catharsis, the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. I'm Tiff Stevenson, full-time comedian, part-time, massively unqualified therapist for this podcast only. Each week I talk to a guest about small things that are pet peeves and big things that maybe need release. Do I mean release or relief? Why do they both sound like a happy ending? We also dive into a topical gripe and a historical beef to see if we can provide some insight and much-needed catharsis. You can really sweat the small stuff with me. This week I'm raging about Spanx. Spanx, yes. Slimming shapewear. Just call them fat redistribution pants. It all goes somewhere. Like, the fat does not disappear. It takes my back fat, makes it into a pair of lovely back tits. 34C. (laughs) I'm sexy from either direction. (laughs) I would like to introduce... You heard them laughing there. My guest this week. I'm joined by comedian, podcaster and time lord... Alice Fraser. Hello, hello. I, I'm a Time Lord. Time is is warping as we speak. <laughs> I'm calling you Time Lord because your current show is called Kronos. Yes, it is called Kronos. It's a, a show about time and travel, but not exactly about time travel, except that the show itself travels through time, uh, but not just in the way that we all travel through time at the rate of one minute per minute. It sort of goes back in time and then comes back to now. It's fun. 
non-linear. Non-linear. <laughs> is that the um, is that the shorter way of? It's a shorter way of saying it. I mean, it's just it's just a story. But that's about not an story. hour. <laughs> Imagine if you went and it's non-linear. Thank you for coming to my show. Yeah, the whole show is me just trying to explain time. <laughs> so time is this thing in a sort of space, but it's not really. But on a kind of a level, it's maybe a bit space. <laughs> I, in my show, I say time is like a Salvador Dali painting to me. It is um, all melted clocks. Suddenly I'm in the middle of the desert and I'm supposed to be meeting <laughs> someone for coffee at three. I mean, you are the only person I know who's late to a Zoom meeting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can be late for a Zoom. Let's start the show with a section that we like to call Old Grudges. Oh. This is the section of the show where we attempt to feed our guests some gripe water so they can digest <laughs> an old piece of anger. So bringing to me, Alice, some kind of historical argument, debate, upset that you've had. And let's see if we can help you out with it. All right. So I used to work at a law firm, uh, quite a top tier law firm. I uh, was sort of tricked into it by everyone telling you that that was the thing that you ought to want to do. And then I got it and I was like, this is dust in my mouth. That was <laughs> horrifying and awful. And one of the horrifying and awful things about it was all this like weird toxic pressure to conform that I loathed and people would look at the people above them and go oh well I don't want to do anything that they're not doing but because observation is imperfect it meant that everyone down the ladder would do increasingly narrow ways of behaving because you can't see everything that the other people are allowed to do but you didn't want to do anything that you couldn't see that they were allowed to do so everyone just like squished themselves into these horrible little boxes and uh, there's one particular person who just was like I mean, everyone else did it silently, but this person was really good at articulating the weird, fucked, like, social norms that they were policing. Like, they said, um, have you ever thought about straightening your hair? And I was like, um, so, <laughs> I guess. Sometimes I guess that I think about it, but I can't really be bothered. And they were like, it just, you know, it's just that curly hair makes you look like a messy thinker. Wow. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Yeah, like, first of all, it's not growing out of my brain. It's, what are you talking about? I mean, if your hair manifested the internals of your brain, there'd be a lot of people in mergers and acquisitions with tiny penises for hair. But (laughs) it's just the worst Medusa ever. Uh, You stare at them and they get rock hard. I don't know. (laughs) Mine mine was pink at one point, so maybe it was. um, Well, actually, brains are more sort of grey, aren't they? Well, but maybe you were looking at the world through rose-coloured glass and then yes. your hair I just think it's just such an appalling idea the idea that somebody doesn't so this is one of the things about female beauty standards I'm going to go on and tell you more stuff about this guy but this is just sort of a, a rant on the side here like a tangential rant a tant that's what you're um, here for I'm into it <laughs> a tanty rant uh, which is that uh, uh, this idea that that uh, you sort of have to conform uh, to these ideas of, of, of womanly normitude uh, and, and that doing a thing okay Doing a thing to conform is considered normal and then not doing it is considered rebellious. Right. Like not waxing your underarms or shaving your underarms, not not getting rid of the hair under your arms is seen as like an active activist thing. Yes, as opposed to I cannot be bothered. Yeah, yeah, as opposed <laughs> to just I forgot or I can't be bothered or some time passed and it grew out. Like it's seen as like a deliberate and aggressive choice to not do a thing. 
Yeah, Julia Roberts like had hairy armpits once at a premiere and you remember it because it was so, everyone went mad about it. Yeah, the idea everyone... that, that this, so there's, this, there's this obligation to uh, grooming. And not, not just grooming, but like private grooming. No one's seeing your underarms. You just... Oh, mine haven't been on display since 2006, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Laura <laughs> Davis has this great joke about how someone in high school once told her she had ugly arms and then they just went on with their life and didn't spend £8,000 on cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the thing that people just tell you stuff as a, as a as a young person, and you're like, if someone like if that guy, if that lady at the at the law firm had told me the hair thing like five years earlier, I would have just accepted it. Yes, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't. If I'd been like marginally less well formed as a human being, I might have been like, okay. I'm never allowed to have curly hair. It'll make me look like a messy thinker, rather than what I did in the moment, which was like, are you deranged? <laughs> What's wrong? A with you? messy thinker that somehow curly hair. I mean, there's a lot in that. I mean, there's there's a a lot to unpack there, and I mean, there's huge conversations as well around uh, race and afro hair as well, yeah, of yeah, like huge. people being allowed to have their natural hair. Your hair is your hair. It doesn't affect your professionalism. I talked to my dad and my brother and they said it was the sort of, the, because my hair is curly, it's this sort of encroachment of unregulated nature, the natural into these re- highly regulated spheres of like the law, because the law, the fiction that the law has about itself it is deals that it's in clean absolute, and orderly. Right. Which is absolute fucking nonsense, of course. Yeah. You know, the, the, the standard of proof is like in, in a criminal trial, is a reasonable man in the position would believe that's a, that's a that's a standard of truth. A reasonable man would believe X or would have thought X or would have understood X. What, what about the reasonable yeah. woman, Alice? Yeah, but what about the reasonable? What do you what do you mean the reasonable? That's just what a judge thinks a reasonable guy would think, which is to say what a judge thinks he would think. It's it's completely bizarre, or specifically, it's what the guy thinks the guy on the Clapham omnibus would think, and as as if a judge has ever been on a Clapham omnibus. A reasonable man. Well, also, you've got so many laws. I learned this recently about air rights when I was investigating air rights because I wanted to talk about them in a show. You to own the sky. I wanted to own the sky, <laughs> and it's a it's sort of a a piece of like a whole. There's a whole law based around a piece of like Latin legislation that says when you buy a property you own it to the gates of heaven and the depths of hell so we're still doing theology in actual law because who says where hell ends and heaven starts the biggest fiction that the law has about itself is that the devil wrote it i don't know Uh, (laughs) so 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 the curly that that's like you say if you were a bit younger and a bit more naive you might have like swallowed that hole and and i think spent years of like getting irons on your hair and straightening it hundreds of pounds worth of keratin treatments plenty of people i know just obsessively straighten their hair they fry it out and you just think why i obsessively curl mine there you go. Because it's so Because someone once told flat. you that it, that it was flat and that it yeah. was bad. That yes. bad, bad to not have air in your hair. What, <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? I don't know. But the other thing that, that it was conformity thing, just I remember that I, I in that law firm, the first I arrived. So I had uh, done something slightly scandalous before I even arrived in the law firm, which was that uh, there was a jasmine tree outside my house and I love jasmine. I love the smell of it, particularly in summer. I like to wear a jasmine flower behind my ear because then the smell sort of, you turn your head and you get a nice smell for it. And on the day that I went into my staff photos before I'd even showed up, I absentmindedly, without even thinking of it, had a flower behind my ear. I'd straightened my hair for that photo, actually. Ah. Um, and, and I had this flower behind my ear. And for months afterwards, when I would meet people in this law firm, they'd go, oh, you're the girl with the flower. 
Wow. As though it were a, a statement that I'd made, as though it was some, again, some huge point of introducing unregulated nature into this re- regulated <laughs> sphere. And so, and then the first, I, so I, I had these like orientation couple of weeks with the grad students and then I arrived in my department, which was the corporate real estate department. Why did I ever think that it would work for me? I don't know. But we had a morning tea, an introductory morning tea for me, my in my honor to introduce me to uh, my department. And one of the senior partners had printed out headshots of, of, of managing partners of the firm, uh, men in suits and a lady in a suit. And then a picture of me in a suit with straightened hair, but this flower behind my ear. And he laid them out on the table and he said, welcome to the department, Alice Fraser. Pick the odd one out. Wow. So it was just like, come in, welcome, slap you on the wrist. Like this, this is unacceptable behavior. To, you to, to bring nature yeah. <laughs> into our stuffy environment. I also, just as you were saying about the curly hair there, what popped into the front of my mind was the idea that curly hair makes you look like a messy thinker. Then why in the courts of Britain are there people wearing (laughs) curly wigs on their heads? (laughs) If anything, it should give you more authority. Yes, true, true. No, but those those are tamed curls. Those are more rolls than curls, really, aren't they? They they they've been stripped and then they've been cast in in. plaster you know essentially they've been powdered and coiled and coiled and then they've been taken off a head so they're not out of control they're like uh, possibly I mean if we're taking this metaphor one step too far which we are it's um it's a it's a symbol of man's domination over nature oh this used to be unregulated hair but now we've we've killed it and stripped it and stuffed it and taxidermied it and put it on this old man's head <laughs> it's not fit it's I'm not gonna it. go with not fit not fit <laughs> Have you ever tried speaking to uh, any of these people since and telling them about this? Or is this the first opportunity that you've had to get it out, have so, some catharsis? So I I had this moment at the end of my time. It was all coming to an end. I could feel it coming to an end. I was, you know, I was like a, a few incidents away from handing in my notice. And um, my senior partner used to think it was funny um, to tell me jokes um, because he knew that I was a comedian and his whole thing was like, you're not very funny, are you? Like that was his joshing Ugh. thing. You're not being very comedianly, are you? And I'd just be like, no, I'm fucking miserable. But he came in and it was this real moment where he, he I'd up until this point gone, ha, 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 at his stupid fucking jokes because that's what you have to do. That's the like, that's part of the thing. If someone's above you, you laugh at their stupid fucking jokes and when you're young, you know, like anyway – it was a power play that he did. Where he'd come in and tell me these awful jokes and I would have to laugh. And he came in and he said, did you hear the one about the optometrist? And I said, well, what's the one about the optometrist? And he said, uh, the optometrist that caught, got caught in a lens grinder. And I was like, what happened? And he said, he made a spectacle of himself. And I said, without laughing, I reckon I could do better. <laughs> and he looked so offended. And I said, um, what did I say? I said... I saw my optometrist the other day, which made him a bit redundant. Yes, there you go. Beautiful. A lovely piece of catharsis. 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 Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So this section of the show we like to call topical cream. We apply some balm to a stinging news story that's got you all het up. <laughs> What's happening in the world that's got you frustrated? The fact that Donald Trump is back in the news cycle. <laughs> Somebody had the unmitigated gall the other day to say to me, Donald Trump's back in the news. That must be fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, fun. Not fun. We've said all we can, we can say. say. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to say anything original or interesting about Donald Trump? Do you have any idea? It's not fun for us. It's a horrible, horrible task. And there, I mean, there's a reason that I, I started the gargle, which is that I, I just couldn't bear to write another fucking joke about these who keep doing the same shit in a different colour every yes. week. Yes, it's that. It was Trump and Brexit, which is Trump, still... Brexit, Trump, Brexit, Trump, Trump, Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. John said Brexit. It's just like, oh. <laughs> and, and, well, it, oh. Just appalling. And then I, I find both the supporters and then, then our side, I find, you know, our side. But, like, I find the people on the left incredibly infuriating as well because they're so boring in the jokes that they do. Well, I remember trying to write about Donald Trump in 2017 and I'd sort of we'd all gone through all of the angles and then I was in Scotland. So the only thing I could find to say about, about Donald Trump was like kind of by relating it back to myself, which was he has a, a Scottish parent. And as the child of a Scottish parent, um, Scottish parents don't like cockiness and Donald Trump is so cocky. All I could presume is that, that he hadn't spent any time around his Scottish mother. <laughs> Cause she would have been like, do you think that's a reasonable shade of fake tan you've applied to yourself you're gonna go out looking like that you know or like you, you know donald why have you only why have you only invited five people to your birthday party did no one else want to come you know so i think that he just didn't spend enough time around a terrible scott not a terrible scottish just a hard going scottish audiences are like all, i think we're all pretty clear that donald trump didn't have a great relationship with his mother yes i feel like <laughs> I mean, all of the relationships of his kids with their mothers, with him, are... Ivana Trump, in her biography, said she just threw her kids down the mountain and went, Ski! <laughs> and off, <laughs> off goes Ivanka and Eric and Donald Jr. And now they'll ski beautifully. So it's just like, yeah, that seems like the kind of parenting yeah, they do. Nothing like being in terror for your life to teach you a skill. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the way forward is then? How do we fix this problem of Donald being back in the news do we just ignore him well so I really genuinely think that part of the problem was people making fun of him and I don't mean that in the way of like oh he doesn't deserve to be made fun of it hurt his feelings I mean that he was given so much coverage and so much attention and that he thrives on attention he's like a he's like a flasher uh, with a humiliation fetish he grows every time you tell him to fuck off like he <laughs> that is such a horrible image that I now have burnt into my retinas but yes the entertainment factor of of trying to make a joke about Donald Trump and there's good ones and bad ones and you know like I, I was proud of some of the ones that I wrote I don't know that they had a negative impact on his on his power they certainly uh, seem to have had a positive impact on his power I think the idea certainly the um the kind of night tonight show joke 
idea that if you make a good enough zinger, that's as good as a real argument. Yes. Or yeah. a real kind of – that it has any impact just because it is funny, I think, is dangerous. Well, I think dangerous. people that side with him are just like, well, you would say that about him because you hate him. So it just entrenches people sometimes. Political a punchline is not – uh, evidence <laughs> yes yeah sometimes it just entrenches people further into their beliefs and you go can the funny c- cross the aisle as yeah. they say in america so and- i find yeah i think that i think my, my my rage or my 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 venting here is that that when donald trump is in the news everyone is a <laughs> Yes. Like everyone is just awful. Everyone's so smug. And then like the lefties are like, meh, he's terrible. And then the right wing people are like, yeah. And it's just like, ah. Yes. Yeah. You, uh, it, it, it makes all of us worse yeah. as human beings. Yeah. And he's I don't a, know. He's a bad apple. He's the we, worst apple. That's we, why he's orange. <laughs> Fuck me. Have we made it worse by bringing him up on this podcast? Yes. I don't know. Absolutely. I, don't know. I, I am the thing I love. I don't know that the topical cream is going to take away the itch this week. <laughs> um, I would also like to ask you about an unpopular opinion. So an unpopular opinion, which can be, Alice, a thing that everyone hates that you love mm. or vice versa. Something that you love that everyone else seems to hate. Well, I, I've got an odd one, which is that I think something that I love that everyone else loves but pretends not to love, which is the Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's so great. It's like, like ballet but with cars. It like, it's like the bold and the beautiful but for 12-year-old boys. There's always someone who's like having amnesia or they're like the baddie in the last episode but now they've come back or like they're saving their brother. It's all about family. And then there's the one where um, Jason Statham rescues Vin Diesel's baby on a plane. Uh, Jason Statham's one that looks like a thumb. Vin Diesel's one that looks like the other thumb. Uh, <laughs> Jason Statham rescues Vin Diesel's baby on a plane but he's got uh, he has to punch a man to death and he's got the baby so he puts noise-cancelling baby uh, headphones on the baby so it doesn't hear the violence oh that's kind of beautiful I genuinely nearly cried in the theater. <laughs> how many fast and furious are we into now nine we're up to nine that we're was up to, uh, i like that you knew that immediately oh yeah, the, 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 the the airplane one was uh the fate of the furious fast and the furious eight um but yeah i just it's so magnificent and you just know it is exactly the same as the bold and the beautiful. No character ever dies off. You think they died off, but they come back round and they return in a new thing as the friend or the enemy or the anti-hero or you know, like. And then there's that thing where like the Rock came in, and then obviously he and Vin Diesel are not friends, but they they because Vin Diesel's much smaller than the Rock, but he has to be the biggest man in the franchise. So they do that thing that they did in the Lord of the Rings of putting Vin Diesel way closer to the camera, and their <laughs> eye lines don't meet, but it's meant to make them look like they're the same size. <laughs> And then the rock has like flexes his cast off and it's like, oh, it's so dumb. And this is the thing. I think, I think it's not that other people don't like it. It's obviously a massively successful franchise. It's that, that people of my kind of socioeconomic demographic are meant to pretend that we don't love it, that we're above it, that we're better than that. And I am not better than that. You're not better than the fast and all the furious. I love cars, so I'm quite into them. I did watch the spin-off. Hobson Shaw and mm. Helen Mirren is in it. Helen and if Mirren's it's in good as, enough as Jason Statham's mum. As Jason Statham's mum. And then, but weirdly, what is weird is that the uh, Vanessa Kirby, I think, who plays Princess Anne in 
the crown and then it's quite like a mixed class family because you've got <laughs> Statham who's like <laughs> and then you've got Helen who's a bit more Helen and so you don't know what happened to Jason was Jason like left as a baby <laughs> no Helen's playing <laughs> Helen's playing like Cockney Cockney yes uh, but not you know convi- well, pretty convinced I mean sort I think of she's like, yeah no I think she's in there but, but, but yeah but yes uh, but then, Vanessa uh, Kirby Jason Statham's married to Rosie Huntington Whiteley so Maybe there is such a thing as a mixed class family. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it had the two kids growing up together and I thought that was quite fun. I I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. I did enjoy, um, it was a real fun, I went with my friend and we were in LA and it was a real fun afternoon out. Just a classic, a bit like I really enjoyed Top Gun. And I don't even know if this is a guilty pleasure. I don't think this is an unpopular opinion, but I enjoyed the Top Gun Maverick film. I was like, oh, I felt like... You know, he's oh, it's a beautiful piece of military propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> See, here we go. Here we go. I did watch that film and I said to Paul, do you think, do you think I could, do you think I could fly a fighter jet? And he went, well, they don't have indicators. So probably. And I was like, the absolute shade on that. That's a ridiculous amount of shade. So you say propaganda. I mean, we could say Fast and the Furious is propaganda for cars. Absolutely. It is, it's both propaganda for cars. It's propaganda for the American middle-class lifestyle. It's propaganda. Like, you know, this, it's all propaganda, of course. All movies. All art is some form of propaganda. This podcast. We're all telling you a story. Yeah, yeah. So a big fan of Fast and the Furious. And you never knew that about Alice. And that's what I love about this podcast. It's cathartic. <laughs> She's got it off her chest. She didn't want people to know. She was deep down ashamed. I will tell anyone who's willing to listen. <laughs> but also there's like hot people in it. Let's not forget. In the new, in the new oh, one. they're all um, incredible. Charlize hot. Theron's in the latest one, isn't she? And it's also a beautiful thing. Like it's genuinely quite good for like diversity without being on the nose yes there's just so many people and they come in and they do their thing and like sometimes they're a bit of a stereotype and sometimes they're not and it's like and they come in and they do their thing hotly hot so they hot. look they look sexy while yeah. they're doing their thing there's none of this like oh you have to ugly up to be a serious actor because none of them are serious actors <laughs> yeah. none of them are acting at all there was a great film in the same genre of the fast and the furious which was gone in 60 seconds which has got cage in it so for me it's automatically brilliant because it has Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie. Um, (laughs) And uh, in that, Christopher Eccleston is playing the baddie and he is Northern. Nicolas Cage's character is called Memphis Reigns. (laughs) And one of Christopher Eccleston's lines is, it never rains, but it pours. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I love these movies because you can always get a bit of quality dialogue in like, it never rains, but it pours. Bring me Memphis Reigns. Um, and he's obsessed with woodwork and no one knows why. He's just walking around doing bits of woodwork in between like putting out hits on people and uh, trying to get these cars stolen. So that's a great bit of backstory for him. I'll tell you one of my favorite bits of the Fast and the Furious series is where Gina Carano and Michelle Rodriguez have a wordless fight in a subway. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I was watching this and I was like, well, they're not fighting about a man. Does this... Does this pass the Bechdel test? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, what's the, 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 the things are two women have to be having a conversation. About something that isn't a man. Two named female characters about something that isn't yeah. a, about relationships. So yeah. I think it does. Yeah, talking with their bodies. Yeah, talking with their fists, their hot, <laughs> hot fists. Thank you for your unpopular opinion. This section of the show we are calling... Aurochs, which is historic beef. 
I like that. <laughs> it's an nice. old, an old cow, an old <laughs> form of cattle. <laughs> so that's how we've come up with the title for this section. And fittingly, uh, this week in historical beef, I'm going to be looking at the Bone Wars. Now, not as we would suspect an alternative title for Love Island, yeah. but the 1877 to 1892 historic beef between Othaniel Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope, some nominative determinism on the latter, over <laughs> dinosaur excavations. So these men were dueling and digging up dinosaurs from 1877 to 1892. So both these paleontologists used their wealth and influence to finance their own expeditions, procure services and dinosaur bones from fossil hunters. And by the end of the bone wars, <laughs> it still sounds stupid. Both men had exhausted their funds in the pursuit of a paleontological supremacy. So have you heard about the bone wars do you know i only vaguely have heard about the bone wars i know that there was these periods of sort of like uh, yeah bone rushes like gold rushes where a bone again a bone rush it's just (laughs) it's too too good (laughs) uh but this is the thing so they they sort of work work together but as with all kind of kind of friendly amicable rivalries it sort of turned sour in the end Uh, but i find it so funny these kind of natural historians who were like digging up digging up things and having opinions about stuff uh, because it was not about you know refining and, and making the best thing. It was about finding the new one, the new one, the new one, and, and and being the most exciting discovery that you possibly could, as though it was a measure of your skill rather than just like randomly stumbling upon some bones in the ground and, and deciding that they're yours, they're yours, <laughs> they're going to be named after you. Cope and Marsh duelled for fossils in the American rest. They also tried their best to ruin each other's professional credibility. Humiliated by his error in reconstructing the plesiosaur, Cope tried to oh, cover up yes. his mistake. Was he the one who put the head on the tail? Yes. 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 And there's a statue in Crystal Palace in London of a dinosaur based on that wrongly put around fossil. Cope tried to cover up his mistake by purchasing every copy he could find of the journal in which it was published. Uh. Back in the old days where if you made a cock up, what you could do is you could just go around and buy all the newspapers. Amazing. And burn them. And we're at the fringe and you cannot bury reviews. You cannot uh, bury reviews. It's a terrible I've thing. tried to do some spells. I've tried to do some witchcraft. I mean, this is the problem. This is the problem. Professionally, like trying to destroy other people's careers. This is the, this is the scarcity mentality rather than the abundance mentality. They should have said, look... There's heaps of dinosaurs. God's put enough in the ground for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the saddles. Yeah, yeah. And Along also, with the, the I mean, why, why would you have a scarcity mentality about fossils? I mean, sure, there's only a certain amount of fossils that are that old, but there's keeps being new ones made. Yes. That's how time works. <laughs> Just murder someone and stick them in a bog. You're pre-fossiling. So what do we think then? What are we saying about that, that Cope? That's not and professional <laughs> advice, by the way. Don't murder anyone and put them in a bog. Cope, Cope, Cope and Marsh. Um, we don't know that they've dealt with this rivalry in the most healthy way. No. I think, you know, if you're upset that you got the bones the wrong way around, maybe, you know, he should have tried talking to the bones and telling them how he feels. Yeah, yeah. or if you're going to duel, do a proper duel, wrestle to the death in a peat bog, and then you both become fossils in the end. Yes, mm. yes. And then you'll be discovered and spoken about on another podcast <laughs> Just, in the no, Bugle no, no, no. family. <laughs> Put a label on yourself preemptively. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> this is who I am and this is how much money I had in my bank when I died because that was the obsession with old bones of people and I guess the pyramids and everything else was letting people know that you were in fact rich when you were alive, hence being buried with all of your jewels yeah, or in a status that was befitting of someone incredibly rich. Mm. So, um, yes. Um, so that was, that was the dinosaur rush. 
And um, neither of them are here anymore, but hopefully we've helped them heal a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And this is the section of the show that we like to call Angry Aunt. Ever had a problem that you felt like wasn't your fault? (laughs) Bring it to me. I'm going to get annoyed for you. Um, So we've had listeners and friends sending in their problems and me seeing if I can find some kind of solution along with my guest for the week. And uh, it's actually Alice who's bringing in the problem this week from a friend. From a friend, yes. On behalf of a friend who is staying in Edinburgh at the moment, paying an outrageous amount of money for their apartment and part of what they're paying for... uh, Outrageous! Outrageous amount of money in Edinburgh at the moment, uh, especially given there's a bin strike on, so you're paying a lot of money for a very stinky place. Uh, But they have had... uh, uh, as part of the, the landlord offering uh, them a favour for the fact that they're paying four times above the market rate for this flat, has said, we're going to send in a cleaner uh, to your flat in the middle of the festival. So you'll have a nice clean flat in the middle of the festival, change your sheets, which yes. is exciting. Uh, and then the cleaner arrived, but because my friend had someone around for a coffee, the cleaner just walked in and then walked out again. Uh, and they got an email from the, the landlord saying, oh, sorry, the cleaner can't clean if there are people there. Okay. What a fucking piss take. Yeah. What a bunch of absolute Yes. These landlords, absolutely unacceptable. I'm angry for you. This is just a regular injustice. Yeah. I don't even have to pretend to be angry. <laughs> I have to say that six to seven thousand pounds for a one bedroom flat at this festival for the month is beyond ridiculous. It's going to implode upon itself. Yeah. But why would the cleaner turn up and then immediately leave just because there was another person there? Yeah. I mean, they weren't fucking, were they? They Yes, they didn't. They were not, no, no, they were not fucking. They were just having a cup of coffee, apparently. And I mean, according to my friend, my friend could be lying, but I don't think my friend was lying. I think my friend would, is a kind of louche artiste who would tell me if they were fucking. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, this, this cleaner just didn't have the, the, the chutzpah to come in and say, I beg your pardon, are you going to be here while I clean? Or could you go to another room or just clean another room? And then, you know, I just feel like this is, I mean, the cleaner is probably not being paid £70,000 to be there, but I feel like the landlord should uh, have hired a cleaner that would be capable of cleaning a house that people were in. I think the cleaner, you never know what's happening on the day. Um, And, you know, my mum used to clean offices and stuff and sometimes people would leave real grot. So I would say... Yes, you, the cleaner, maybe not to blame here. No, the landlord, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the angry landlord. I'm not half of my friend on the, uh, the cleaner. I'm angry, angry at the landlord. Yes, yeah, I think we agree. The landlord is the issue here. Um, the landlord, I mean, to the Hague, yeah. I would say. And I, and I don't feel I'm being overly dramatic when I say <laughs> to the Hague. To the Hague. <laughs> to yeah. the Hague. So, yeah, we've got angry for you. We're sending them to the Hague. Yeah, if you've had a bad <laughs> landlord issue, uh, email us at, what's your email address, Tim? <laughs> It's it's something something at the bugle dot something dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably would be hello gargler's at buglepodcast.com. Why not? <laughs> Thank you very much, Alice. I hope that by sitting down with me today you felt better. I feel better whenever I sit down with you, Tiff. Okay. And I like standing up with me as well. Yeah, that's that also too. fun. But uh, hopefully we've helped you achieve some catharsis. You've got some stuff off your chest. I have. You can go out into the world feeling lighter. Yes. And, you know, you haven't had to pay me £150 for this therapy session. No, but I feel much relieved. Yeah. I feel like a better and more well-balanced person. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. No, no, no. Thank you. (laughs) You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.